Welcome to the Badass Direct Sales Mastery Podcast with your direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger. Badass Direct Sales Mastery is a podcast for rock star direct sales moms who are determined to make their business kick ass. Jenny will share her knowledge of effective sales and recruiting techniques, tips to get what you want from your business, and will interview direct sales professionals and leaders from various companies. The interviews will give insight to how these rock stars got to where they are and where they plan to grow in the future. And now, the direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger. Welcome back to another episode of Badass Direct Sales Mastery. I'm your host, your direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger, and I have a fantastic guest for you guys today. I'm super excited because I was connected to Belinda Ellsworth recently. And if you guys don't know who Belinda Ellsworth is, I don't know which direct sales rock you've been living under, but she's a known name in the world of direct sales. Belinda, let me tell you guys a little bit about her. She has devoted over 30 years to the direct sales industry, and she has an undeniable passion for direct sales. With her energetic style and expertise, she has positively impacted sales forces throughout the United States and abroad. Belinda is a sought-after consultant developing programs and training materials to assist direct sales companies every need, consistently increasing their recruiting, retention, and sales. As a speaker, sales organizations have reported a 139% increase in sales within 90 days of her presentations. And as a consultant, she has a track record of increasing sales and profits on average by 100% or more. Belinda is the proud author of the number one best-selling book, Direct Selling for Dummies, the podcast host of Work From Your Happy Place, and a recipient of the DSA's Ethos Award, the DSA's Highest Partnership Award, and creator of the Planner for Direct Sellers. Welcome to the show, Belinda. Well, thanks so much for having me today. This is exciting. Oh, I'm so glad to have you here. So Belinda, tell us a little bit about what actually got you into direct sales in the first place, because we all have that starter journey. What's yours? Gosh, well, it goes way back. So it goes back to 1980, if you can believe that. So yeah, I had graduated from high school and I was playing, I was a musician, so I was playing in a rock and roll band. I'm a drummer. <laughs> and so I was doing that and I was working at this doctor's office just part-time really to make some extra money and to make my mom happy really to have a quote unquote real job. And then this patient asked me if I would host a party for her. And I, I need, I always like remind people that I did not know her. She was just a patient. And she said, oh my gosh, I just started with this company and you seem so fun and bubbly. I need six parties. You seem like you'd be a good one. And uh, I thought, okay, sure. It was a compliment and I did it. And then I had a really good party. I invited all my mom's friends, but it was selling, it was, the party was Princess House. And so it was Crystal and China. And what's so funny about that is an 18 year old rock and roll drummer, like I didn't have this big, huge need for China <laughs> and Crystal, but I, I had a great party and she said, wow, you're, you're way better at this than I am. You should just do this. Like, this is how much I made tonight. And because my party was like $600 and the party average back then was about 200. So she made a lot of money that night. And I thought, dang, I for sure can do this. And 
So I quit that doctor's office job. I, I gigged on like Thursday, Fridays, and Saturdays. And I did my parties on Mondays and Tuesdays. And that was it. And I did that for a while. And then um, then the band really took off. And then I got married and I had my daughter. And when I had my daughter, I was like, okay, I need to settle down and uh, be a mom. And what am I good at? What was I good at besides playing the drums? It was this direct sales thing. I was pretty good at that. So I, I got involved again, got really serious. And really, there's been no looking back since that day. I mean, like I built a huge team, both with Princess House. And then I went on to sell for a jewelry company and had a massive team with that company. And then 26 years ago, I just decided with the encouragement of a few motivational speakers that you really should be out on your own. 26 years ago, I founded Step Into Success. And so I've been training direct sellers ever since that time. So. Oh, that is really cool. So in going through that story. I want to put an exclamation point on some of those things that you brought up. First of all, the gal who invited you to have your first party, you didn't know her. No. She was brave enough to just open her mouth and say, Hey, here's this thing that I like about you. Here's why I think you'd be good at having a party. Why don't you have a party? Right? Yep. Brilliant. It seems so simple, but so many of us, I think, have this little tiny fear of talking to someone we don't know. And what will they think if... Right. 100%. And, and, and then I always, the other big point in that is everybody thinks that for recruiting, you have to have this massive, you know, recruiting, you have to know everything about recruiting. And I mean, literally she was in her first six parties. I want everybody to remember that she's in her first six parties because that's why she asked me to do it. Yeah. And she says, that's her whole recruiting campaign is, wow, you're way better at this than me. You should just do it. And I said, what the heck? Okay, I will. And and that is what I don't think people still realize to this day. Even if you just went out to five friends when you're first joining and say to five friends, you should do this with me. Somebody is going to say, oh, okay. Yeah. It's not as difficult as everybody would like to make it out to be, seriously. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, let me tell you, the first time I recruited, first of all, I recruited on accident. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, the first time it happened, but it happened four and a half, almost five months into my business before I finally had that moment. And let me tell you, I did not know what I was doing because I immediately called up my upline and went, somebody says yes. Now, what do I do? (laughs) Right, right, right. You know, now I don't even know what to do. I don't even know the first step. Someone said yes. No one said yes till now. So I knew it had never occurred to me to try and figure out what I should do next. So yeah, you really don't have to know what you're doing in that process. So in going through 30 years in the industry, 26 years with Step Into Success, I'm sure this has been an ever-evolving business, right? Especially given technology. When you first started 26 years ago with Step Into Success, what were some of the things that you were training back then that you still train to this day? Oh, gosh. It's really interesting, too. So the basic business fundamentals of how to engage with people, conversations to have, how to get bookings, even if we're doing those online, how to connect with conversations and get people to say yes is still very much the same. How to do a presentation, how to know how to sell products and bundles and be able to create a higher 
party average, whether that's online or whether it's in person, uh, how to do good customer follow-up. I'd say the only thing that's changed with that, honestly, is using your VIP group as a vehicle for customer service. Some people don't even really fully understand that that's the one and main purpose of that VIP group is for customer service, really good quality customer service of being connected. And to me, that's a that's a game changer. However, within your VIP group, because we're building those so big now, we're still going to have super fans. And so the super fans are the ones that we still need to have a personal relationship with because they're still the ones that are going to refer you to others. They're going to continue to buy. They're going to continue to host year after year. So it's really, so the basic fundamentals have not changed. Really, the only thing that's changed is the platforms of which we do it Mm. and learning how to tweak that a little bit. So what I'm hearing more than ever these days is that people have learned the technology aspect of it. They've learned how to, uh, uh, but they don't know how to sell. They don't know how to have conversations. They don't know how to uh, really engage with people. And so like people now are saying, oh my gosh, people need to learn just basic business skills. (laughs) And it's really kind of funny because they can do circles around me as far as getting online and clicking this and clicking that and how fast I can do all of that. You know what I mean? Like I still have to have help with some of that sometimes, Um, but I certainly have come a long way in a year because I've had to do a hundred percent of what I do online in the last year and including, you know, speaking. And it's been interesting because even though that is slower to me and I might not be able to do it, I still have all the basic business skills. I've learned how to adapt because I had the business skills to begin with. So I really want to encourage people out there, even if you're a whiz with technology and and some of the, in some people are doing these, you know, multiple parties in a week doing, you know, three parties with five people each, 15 parties in a week. I mean, yeah, but we used to do that with like live parties in halls and bingo, <laughs> bingo parties in halls. And I could sell like I would have nine hostesses in a single night. And so I think it's back to those old days. Again, a lot hasn't changed. It's the platform and the in the ways of which we execute. But knowing yeah. how to upsell an average customer ticket order, like that's like people don't have that skill set today. Um, And they need it. And and what really good customer service looks like, even if you are doing it in your VIP group, that's why people go, I just don't even know how to get engagement in my VIP group. Well, it's because you don't know how to interact with customers to begin Mm -hmm. with, which is why people that do, they get engagement. So I find it all very interesting. And to the point, like when we say 30 years, like as a trainer, it's been 26, but I was in the field for 16 years prior to becoming a trainer. So yeah, it's been, you know, like I said, 1980, it's actually been 41 years of doing this business in some way, shape or form. And the technology piece of it, it's interesting. It should allow people to do a lot more. And for some individuals, it certainly has. Mm -hmm. But for the majority or the masses, they do less than what any of my people used to do without any technology. Like my average team would sell 
$2,500 in a month without even blinking an eyeball. Like, you know what I mean? Like it now people struggle to get $250 in sales. In. I and know. So it cracks me up because we had no technology. We had to use the phone back when I first started. We didn't even have email. Like there right. was not even email access. I didn't really fully start emailing people on a regular basis for me until probably about 96, maybe. Yeah. I mean, like, honestly. So when you think about going back to that and, and people were super successful because they had to learn how to have conversations and they had to learn how to just get out. They wanted it, you know, and I don't know. It's interesting. It's interesting to me that with technology and there are some people out there, like there are people right now selling $50,000 a month personally in a month. You know, crazy. And it blows my mind away. I would have, I would have killed for a month like that. You know what I mean? Like that just wasn't available to us. Like it just wasn't, I used to do about four to six parties a week. And and so even back in the late eighties, I would have $10,000 months, but you remember the party average was quite a bit lower. Yeah. And I was having to, I was hustling those parties. And then I would do once a month, a hall party where I would have like, you know, four to 10 hosts. But still, I mean, that I never had months where I sold $57,000 or $50,000. And there are people out there doing that right now with, with being able to use technology to its fullest. But the majority out there are struggling to get $500 in sales in, in a month. Right. Well, and one thing that I want to point out to people too is they, Think about those numbers because I'm the same as you. I did not have a $50,000 month. <laughs> and in fact, my first year in business, I'd be surprised if my first year in business, if I had $50,000 in the whole year. But going through and thinking about that, even those people who are having $57,000 months, they started where the listener is right now, wherever they are. I don't care what you're selling right now. That $57,000 a month person had a month just like you did last month, whatever that number is at one point. Yep. So the difference between where you are and where this other person is are the skills yes. that they've sought out to enhance in order to build their business. And I have to agree with you, communication, it's got to be the first one. Learn how to talk to other people. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So do you have any trainings, books, audios that you recommend where people can begin to learn how to have a conversation with another human being? You know, all of my training, that's the one thing that I've always been sort of labeled as, is the queen of verbiage, because whenever I train, I teach here's why you want to do it, here's how to do it, and here is exactly what you say. So that's throughout almost every training I have because that's my general sort of stance on the whole thing. But the book, Direct Selling for Dummies, which is an international best-selling book, it's like in, in ways it's amazing because it's 365 pages, but the majority of that is scripting. Like here is what you say. This is a, and what I like about the Dummies book is that, it's all categorized under chapters. So like a lot, of, I'll walk into a home office sometimes and the CEO will have one right by their desk. And she's like, are you kidding? If I could ask a question, I can flip to it, you know, quickly and, and give some legible answers. And so that book is still an awesome resource for basic conversations, what to say. Mm. Uh, there's a lot of role-playing, you know, situations in there. And that's the other thing is, 
practice role-playing. Like that's what we used to do. And that's what we used to teach, you know, shadow me on this call or do this. And you can certainly do that. And then we would have role-playing situations, you mm-hmm. know, get up and I'll say this, you say that, how to overcome objections and, you know, how to um, just engage in a conversation. I used to, and I was just teaching this the other night and people were like, like, it was like a, but like we used to make flashcards and our teams would quiz each other with these flashcards. So like one thing would be a comment that somebody might make and here's how, what you would comment back. And then people would just practice those and we would have fun doing it. And, yeah. And people don't do that anymore. You know, so it's interesting to me. I I think that's a great idea. That's something that I used to do with my own team members, you know, when they were like, I hear you talk about how you can get, because I was also in a jewelry company. They would say, I hear you talk about how you can get a party when you're out at bread company, which here in St. Louis, we call Panera bread company because this is where it started, but everybody else calls it Panera, right? So we'd sit there and play in the jewelry and eventually someone would come over and comment on the jewelry. Oh my gosh, that necklace is so pretty. I just had to come see, I just had to come learn more about it. And I would talk up my team member and get her the party. Yep. Because, oh my gosh, if you want this necklace, let me tell you about Belinda here. Belinda here does an amazing presentation. Every time I talk to somebody who's been at one of her her jewelry parties, they talk about how much fun they had. You should totally get together three of your friends. And you know what? I'll throw in the bottle of wine. And I would send her with a $5 bottle of wine to go have fun. And all it took was just sitting there and playing in Panera because we would just talk and have the jewelry. And I would show her different ways of putting things together, like just out in public, because somebody's going to come up and ask you a question. Absolutely. Every time we used to. Yeah, we used to do similar things. Exactly. So, yeah. And so I think the role playing thing nowadays Obviously, not so many of us are going to go out and do that at Starbucks or Panera, right? So jump on Zoom, have Zoom conversations. And I know a lot of the people who are listening might even have three-way conversations available to them. And the number of people, it floors me, the number of my clients who come to me and say, my team members won't set up three-way calls with me. They won't use me. How do I get them to use me? And so we have those kinds of conversations because it's really, it is the modeling piece. So in terms of doing that, um, when you've done three-way calls with, do you train on three-way calls? Absolutely. And so as you train on three-way calls, what would you say are maybe your top one or two tips to have an effective, well, first of all, how do you get the three-way call? Let's start with that because that's where people are going to have maybe the most initial trouble. So how would you recommend somebody set up a three-way call? And then what are the tips for hosting an effective three-way call? So there's a couple. So number one, like with new people, especially. So like I always say with new people, like leaders should say, oh, go call, you know, who do you think would be interested in this? This is just about recruiting right now. Right. And in like just a friend that you could think could use the money that you'd really love to work with that, you know, you just think that would love this product line. Like who, who comes to mind? Oh, my cousin, so-and-so, my best friend, Julie. Okay, so I want you to reach out to Julie and I want you to reach out to your cousin and just say, hey, I'd love it if you would do this with me or take a closer look. And if either one of them have any questions at all, you can just three-way me in the conversation. Like I am totally, I will answer your calls, three-way me in the conversation. And so some people do that, but some don't. But then then the follow-up, you say, so, hey, Jenny, did you get a chance to get a hold of Julie? And she says, oh, I haven't yet. Let's call her right now. 
And that for new people tends to work. They're like, okay, I'll ring her up. So Julie's going to answer because she recognizes Jenny's phone number. And then I'm there. Jenny says, hey, Julie, I'm just here. And then I also always say, don't say my manager or my leader because that makes people nervous. So say, hey, the person who introduced this to me, she knows more answers than I do. So mm-hmm. let's call, let's let's bring her in. I'd love to have a conversation with her. So that's kind of one way to do it. For the rest of my team, I used to make myself available on a particular date, say Tuesdays, and then say, okay, this is when I can do my three ways. This is when I can do this. So if you have someone that you would like me to help you close, most all of that was in regards to recruiting, I would have to say, more than anything else. And I still think that's the best way to help with closing right now. And so I would say, you need to get on my calendar if you have somebody. So then they didn't have to always check with me and whatever. They would say, hey, you know, I've got my friend and she can do it on Tuesday and people would let me know what time that they wanted. And I would schedule them, you know, at different incremental times. And then if, but if a new people, they always had the free range to, to, to dial me in any time. Mm. So, and I still recommend that for leaders today, like your new people, like you want them to get a recruit in their first 30 days. It's the number one way to cement somebody into the business, both people. Like if you really want your new person to be cemented in so that they stay, help her get a recruit in her first 30 days. Brilliant. Brilliant. I love that idea. And the words there are so simple, just helping them think through the process of who they can call, who might be good at this, and then having a specific day that people can reach out to you. I mean, even for the new people, you said anytime, but I think that's a really good idea as a leader to set aside a certain day. So gosh, you've given so much information, Belinda, and I wish I could talk to you forever about all of this stuff. So I think we're going to have to have you come back so we can continue the conversation. But I do know that you were kind enough to offer a gift to all of our listeners. And what it's called is how to be intentional with your business. So tell us a little bit more about how to be intentional with your business. What's this gift you have? So it's an audio I did toward the beginning of the year. So I always set every year, I sort of pick a word and I've used my word of the year as intentional before because it's a big, one of my most popular quotes out there that I say every time that I speak is random acts get random results. So be intentional if you want the desired results that you want. And so this year, again, I just decided, okay, my my year, this word this year, again, is going to be intentional because I love the word. And when you are intentional, it's different than being focused. So I teach these four pillars of success and focus is one of those. But being intentional is where your actions align with your words. So this, this training is about the eight things that you can do to be more intentional with your business, how you can make your actions align with your words. And so it was something that we've been doing a little training at the beginning of the year, and it's been pretty awesome. And so that's the gift that I have. Oh, that is so sweet of you. Thank you so much, Belinda. So BDSM crew, you guys know how this goes. As long as you're not driving, grab your phone, click on the episode, scroll up just a little bit to the show notes, and you will see the link to Belinda's gift. And for those of you who are sitting right next to your computer, just type in stepintosuccess.com slash gift. So that's stepintosuccess.com forward slash 
gift and you can get Belinda Ellsworth's gift called How to Be Intentional with Your Business. This wonderful PDF download with checklist with eight ways to be intentional. I think that is absolutely brilliant. Thank you so much, Belinda. I would love to have you back later this year. So let's set up another time to chat. I would love that too. I would just like to let all your listeners know that probably one of our biggest selling tools that we have, period, hands down, is our planner. So a planner for direct sellers and people are still getting that right now, even if it's, you know, halfway through the year, I've had people that have picked up this planner and it's made such an incredible difference in their business. We have people right now saying I've had my best quarter of the first year just using this. So the planner is designed specifically for direct sellers. It really does land on those four pillars of focus, commitment, consistency, and organization. And it has everything from goal setting to action plan to vision board built in. The power hour system is built in accountability measures, like everything that you would need to continue to move your direct selling business forward. So I highly recommend people check that out. Oh, absolutely. I have heard great things from my clients who have your planner and use it uh, because I personally am not a paper planner person. If it doesn't ding at me, it's not going to work, but that's for me. But I know there are tons of people who love having that paper in their hand so they can write it down because they feel like they remember it better. And my clients have had great success with your planner. So thank you so much for reminding me about that because that's the one thing that mm -mm, I don't touch. I'm like, okay, if you're going to get a planner, go get Belinda's planner. <laughs> there you go. You know, it's really funny though. Statistics show that people that use a, uh, a paper planner are about... 35% more productive than some that don't as far as, the, and there's a lot of stats that back that up. Um, I believe it. But I use a Google calendar too. So I always want to tell people it's not one or the other either, really, you know, like mm -hmm. I use plenty of digital applications, but the difference with having a planner and scheduling is when you're scheduling, you're reactive. And when you have your planner, you're being more proactive. So mm. that's kind of the difference. And so for some listeners that say, yeah, that's me too, Jen, I'm, I'm just, you know, that that's where I fall. But seriously, it, there is a difference and they both have their place. So I definitely agree. I definitely agree. Well, Belinda, thank you again for being so generous with your time and your materials for everybody. That wonderful gift. Hey guys, don't forget to go download it. Go check it out because Belinda's material is amazing. It's really wonderful. Go get direct sellers for dummies. I've heard great things about it. And now I'm going to go get it and have to read it. <laughs> pick up on all of those great information. So thanks again, Belinda, for being here. Well, thank you so much for having me. It was a real pleasure. Oh, you are welcome. And I'm looking forward to having you back. So Badass Direct Sales Mastery Crew, you guys know how this goes. You want to stay tuned because there is another Badass episode on its way. Thanks for listening to the Badass Direct Sales Mastery Podcast with your direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger. Why are you waiting to go to BadassDirectSalesMastery.com? Don't make the Dom get her whip. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to share it with another rock star that you know in direct sales after you subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss any future episodes. You can also check out the show notes for links and any contact information mentioned in today's episode. We'll see you next time.